Welcome back to Radiotherapy. I am Calypso, and this is the third chapter of Conversations in Black, uh, starting your own conversation. Here we go again. Let's see how many tangents I can do. All right. So, the first question is, how politically engaged is the community now compared to when Obama was elected? I definitely think every person is more politically engaged. Um, And I think just because of, like, everything that has gone on, um, like, people didn't want somebody in the establishment. Now it's, like, this whole, like, I don't like the way he talks. I don't like the way he does this and... um, I guess the arrogance too. Um, so I think every community is just, regardless of identity is more engaged. I think the American public is more engaged than they have been in years in politics. And I hope that people are getting more politically engaged and politically educated and just more civically minded. Um, but I do think that just, everybody is more uh, into politics more so than ever. I feel like I've had more political conversations um, since since President Trump has been in office than ever before, especially now that the election is um, coming about. But I do just feel like I've had more conversations about politics. I myself have become... Uh, not that I wasn't engaged before, but I think, um, I've just gotten more and more educated and stuff like that. And I've, uh, changed my perspectives on certain things. Um, I think that that's just life experience and just like having more conversations with like a variety of people and understanding their perspective, looking at things from different lenses. Um, so yeah, I think everybody is just more politically engaged, uh, than before. And I think it's everybody's finding their own way to do it. I think one thing that is big for me is just the having more conversations just in my own family about politics. And then, uh, you know, there's all there's more different types of activism happening now. Um, so yeah, I think everybody is more engaged now that Obama is not in office. And I think that whole idea that America was lulled to sleep by Obama's presidency and we all of a sudden people thought we were living in like some post-racial society and everything was good. Um, You know, I think that there's always, uh, you always, you should never be too comfortable, I think, in politics um, and with the federal government or anything like that. You should always be looking a little cockeyed, um, at the federal government, um, in my mind, and just like any sort of politics and stuff like that, you should be looking a little like, hmm, you know, like always being hypercritical of it. Uh, next question, what factors stop blacks from going to the polls? I don't, okay, So for me personally, there's nothing that stops me from like voting. I vote absentee, so I get something in the mail. Not every state does that. Um, I know that some people have issues like not having a polling place close enough to them or not being able to get to it due to work and different things like that. Um, 
which is why I think like allowing early voting is a really good thing. Allowing mail-in ballots is a really good thing. If you can get that up and running in like a very sufficient uh, way, which can be difficult um, for a variety of reasons. So um, I think that all of those things are just, uh, I think that those are factors for all people who are uh, low income or, you know, undesirables, people that people don't necessarily want to vote. But I think we need to um, have a sufficient number of polling places in a variety of spaces. Um, I think we need to allow for like some sort of busing. And I am kind of pro like it being a day off. And I also think that we should require voting like everybody should be required to vote. Although sometimes I'm like, no, maybe some people shouldn't vote because like they're not educated enough to vote. But, um, you know, I do kind of like the idea of people being required to vote or paying a fee not to vote. Um, but I also feel like if you don't vote, you can't complain. Um, but I also think that we need to reinstate uh, people with felonies, like states that don't allow them to vote or take away their right to vote without them going through a process after getting out, I think is ridiculous. Like, I think once you pay your penance to society, you should be allowed to vote again. I think we should never take away your right to vote because those people understand how the system works and they should be the people who get to vote on how the system gets fixed because they understand the way the system works. Um, but I think that uh, for black people specifically, what stops them from going to the polls, I think uh, there is issues with, you know, some people need to vote absentee. Some people are working. Um, but I think the key thing is like not also not having a candidate that you believe in um, and just not feeling like your vote makes a difference. And I think that that's just like miseducation. Um, but I don't necessarily have like a, 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 a uh, these are the main things. But uh, to me, those are things the you know, like not having uh, enough polling stations, uh, not having absentee voting in certain places. Um, the ID thing, I I don't know how um, difficult that is. I mean, I feel like you, some people, you know, like you have a driver's license. I think people who are like, you know, if you don't have your driver's license, uh, then, I mean that's a, that's an issue. Um, but they do offer, I mean, like they offer state licenses, um, and stuff like that. So there are things like that too, that probably also have an impact, but, um, those are my thoughts. I don't really have like a very clear cut answer for that because I think there's a variety of things. And I think that those things change, uh, state to state. Um, because like where I am, California, I vote absentee. So um, I get it to my get it to my house and I get to sh send it out. You know what I mean? Um, and in some states, they don't allow to do that. So I think that the factors that stop black people from going to the polls um, and voting, because I would just consider like going to the polls as in voting in general, um, all the different types of ways that you can do it. I think it is just you know, that's a state to state issue. What factors are uh, playing into that? Um, what resources are needed to overcome these factors? 
Um, once again, this is a hard question because I think that this is something that changes state to state. I think we should allow absentee b- ballots if the states can get them working in a way that um, everything's quick, sufficient, everybody's getting what they need in a timely fashion. Um, and I think that that's something that this pandemic has made people uh, has made other states aware of. Um, and hopefully they are working out the kinks in their um, things so that everything can be uh, running smoothly and efficiently. Uh, the other thing would be, I do think we do need some sort of like, uh, for elderly people, especially like for them to like have a way to get to the polls or have a polling place like close to them. Uh, I think that that's a factor. Um, I also think that this is also an education thing. I think we need to educate people on the fact that their vote matters and, um, you know, people need to learn, know how to like research candidates and, uh, research different propositions, understand what they mean, understand like the double speak and how yes means no and no means yes sometimes. Um, so I think that's another factor that, uh, should be addressed, um, or like a resource that's needed is just like education, allowing for absentee ballots and some sort of like if you're going to if you have people going to polling stations uh some sort of transportation for people who are not capable of transporting themselves um but I do like I said I do support like a day off on on voting day if we require everybody to vote then I would be in favor of everybody gets a day off but everybody has to vote Um, that's just me. Anyways, next question. What impact has social media had on voting and engagement on the black community? I think social media is just like an interesting beast in general. Um, I think it's, I think it's also a toilet. Uh, I would say like something like you look at black Twitter, I think that it's got people engaged and it's giving people a way to engage with like, um, each other as well as, uh, civil servants. So I think that that's good. Um, and I think it's a way to like disseminate information. Um, I don't necessarily know if it's like making black people more engaged in voting. I don't necessarily have a answer on that. Uh, but I do think that is allow the black community to come together and engage, um, in civil discourse, um, and have a, have a voice, you know, like you've never had something like black Twitter before. And these, uh, thought leaders that are coming off of social media, not to say whether or not that's good or bad or whatever, but you haven't had something like that. So I don't know. I don't know if now we could necessarily speak to the impact of it because it hasn't been that long that we've had black Twitter, like a substantial amount. I don't know if there's a lot of research out there or anything like that. So I can't really speak to it, but I don't know if to me, at least I don't think it's been around a lot long enough for us to know, um, its impact on voting and engagement. Uh, but I do think social media 
is having an impact on uh, the knowledge and the dissemination of knowledge uh, and allowing black people to come together um, and interact with people who are civil servants and being able to express their grievances and like their expectations um, and hold people accountable to the things that matter to them. Uh, Once again, regardless of whether or not I agree with the way that things are done, I think it's just, uh, it's an outlet. And I think that that's good. And like I said, we haven't had something like black Twitter exist. So I think we're not going to know necessarily the impact that it has um, for years to come, especially since, you know, you're talking about like the first generation of people who have grown up with social media, I think are just getting now ready to vote, um, or voted for the first time last year. So, I mean, I think it's going to be more impactful for them as opposed to like millennials who really didn't were engaged in social media for most of their like young adult life. And I think um, engaging in social media in your formative years uh, is just a lot different and just like technology in general. Um, so, yeah, I don't I would say impactful, but I don't know how much. And I don't necessarily know if it's driving people to vote or to engage. Um, what was so what so what impact has social media had on voting and engagement on the black community? Yeah, I just I don't know. I know it's it's probably has been impactful, like I said, with black Twitter, but I don't know if it's necessarily uh, doing anything for voting and um, engagement. I think that the black community is just like coming together on something like black Twitter. I don't know if it's necessarily driving people to the polls and making them more engaged in politics. I think conversations are being had, but I don't necessarily know if they're impactful out off of social media, I guess is the way to say it. All right, moving on. I stumbled over that question, but, um, what issues are, uh, motivating for young voters? Um, also for older voters and what issues are not affected by age? Ooh, this is a hard question. I would say, Young people, I think right now, are very concerned about the environment, very concerned about debt. Um, I would say that those are two things that young, we're talking about young black people, I think. And I think the other thing is uh, police brutality. um, And I think systemic racism is something that is important um so those are things that but those are things I think police brutality and systemic racism are things that I even think that the older generation is uh concerned about so that's something that I think is not a not an age issue but I think environment and debt are definitely like young people issues um just because it's like, well, 
what you know what do you do when you have no clean air what are you going to do when there are no clean waterways what are you going to do when plastic like takes over the world um i think are big issues for people who are who um are young and plant and want to have children like environment is a very big um issue and debt because it's like well i'm going to school because we've pushed everybody like oh you need a four-year degree blah, blah, blah. But like, I have to go like $50,000 in debt to do that. Um, so I think that that's another thing that's really uh, plaguing youth today. Um, and I mean, for people who want to like, even start their own businesses and stuff like that, um, getting a loan and different things like that. Once again, we're talking about like debt and we have and nobody's teaching financial literacy in schools. Um Nobody's teaching you how to basically create your own business, uh, how to create business plans and stuff like that, like straight out of high school. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what issues are really like important to like black voters, like older ones, because I don't know, like even when I talk to like my grandparents and stuff like that, I they don't have any issue that I think is very unique to uh like them like the things that they're talking about in terms of like uh police brutality and systemic racism are things that young people are talking about so I don't think there's any huge difference there I think that more so the mindset on these issues or how they feel about them are a little bit different just due to their experiences growing up during segregation um and when uh, the race divide was a little bit different. Um, so I think uh, that's my only uh, thing about that. So I don't have anything that's unique to older people. I mean, I guess Social Security might be something. That's not something that, like, I've heard a lot. But I would imagine that maybe Social Security would be something that they're concerned about. And uh, Medicare, Medi-Cal, those kinds of things would be issues for older voters. Okay, la oh, no. There's two more questions. I was going to say last question. Um what what black politician most engages with me and me slash my family issues or whatever? Um none. I don't think that there's any black politician that I'm like, yay, I really uh like, I feel like you're really doing something for me. Um, there are black politicians that I think are interesting. Like, I think um, I think Kamala is interesting. Uh, and I think that Tim Scott is, like, is interesting. But none of, nobody, and I think Cory Booker is interesting. But nobody that I'm like, okay, you really, like, engage me in the issues that me and my family have you know like that's uh no nobody and then what do they what do the politicians need to impact white supremacy um i feel like that's such a difficult question white supremacy like what do politicians what do black politicians need to combat white white supremacy i don't have an answer for that um uh, i think to me 
this is where like you have to create that list I talked about in in chapter in the chapter two conversation of like what the main issues are for America as a whole because if we're talking about like from a Congress perspective from a federal perspective but if you're talking about from a localized level I think that uh, the creation of a black agenda that will be helpful to the community where the community is going to see the impact entirely different because you have to understand the way that if you're going to say that the way white supremacy exists within that space, I think looking from a federal level to create, to eradicate uh, white supremacy is I think a fool's errand uh, just because that's so many different states with so many different policies, with so many different um, perspectives, so many different ways of living. Um, people in California are not living like people in Mississippi. People in Mississippi are not living like people in New York. People in New York are not living like people in Florida. So I think that that's really hard. But I think if you're talking about what can the politicians do to impact white supremacy, from a local level, I think it's just create the creation of going into uh, black communities and figuring out what it is that they need, black communities, colored communities, whatever, going in and figuring out what they need. And then picking the top five things or three things and then working on those type on those things. Um, I, I think that eradicating something like white supremacy, racism, all these kinds of things uh, in just one sweeping motion is not possible. So I would say you need to go into the communities, figure out what these communities need, what it is that they're lacking. You need to understand that, which is why it's a lot easier to do on a localized level and then work from there. And I think if you work from there, um, those kinds of things will go away. But I also think that when you talk about when we're talking about something like white supremacy, uh, the, the key to me is experience, opportunity, and engagement. So, yeah. All right. So... I know I've been like trying to offer both perspectives, like the whole from like me looking at it from like the black perspective and then also looking at it as like a whole perspective. And I go back and forth between the federal versus state, like localized government and stuff like that. But just because I think that it's very important to realize that like the black community is important and we need to do something about these issues especially in the critical time that we're in now because the way that the demographics are moving like the black vote is soon not going to matter anymore um and I think that that's real you know uh but I also think that looking at things from a local level and not putting all the faith in the federal government is where we're going to see the most change. I think we need to stop focusing on the federal government because the more power we give to them because of fear or a lack of responsibility that we want to 
be allowed to have so we can blame it on these imaginary people in Washington that we never get to see uh, is dangerous. It is dangerous. But that's why you see me going back and forth is just because I think one and I think the small community of black people are also impacted by the larger community. So what becomes the agenda of the community as a whole is at some point going to hit the black community. So I think we have to talk about what is America as a whole seems like what the agenda is, what the black community's agenda is. And then hopefully we find some common ground, but that's why I think it is better to work on that local level. Um, and engage people there and make the changes there from, you know, towns, cities, and then like, you know, moving into like your, your states and stuff like that. All right, that is the end of chapter three.